welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Morning. Someone was just uh, reminding me uh, today, uh, pointing out, uh, Debs actually pointed out that, hey, you know, it's the first time you kind of preaching live uh, since forever. Uh, so we've like had several like live uh, or hybrid kind of services, but I was like sharing and things like that. But oh yeah, it didn't occur to me, but it's so good. All I can think of in the last couple of weeks is just Wow, just looking forward to seeing your faces, seeing your smiles, your hellos, and, and just hearing laughter in this space. And it's so good to see you guys' faces. So uh, say hi. You know, and, and I realized that even before before uh, uh, Circuit Breaker, sometimes they were like, hey, did you go to church? I didn't see you. We still miss each other. But so, so, so now with less, like there's no excuse. Okay, so let's not miss each other. Say hi, high five or whatever, bump fist if you see, see me. It's so good to just be in the space. I just want to say that. And it's so good to see you guys and, and, and feel you guys near and just hear you. And this morning, um, I'm, I just want to uh, lean into a little bit more on uh, this uh, topic of when we gather. Okay, so we're, we've, uh, we're going into, a, uh, well, sort of series, but just a series of uh, concentrating on this theme of uh, experiencing God together, right, as, as a unit, as an entity. And so this morning, we're talking about when we gather. So let me just uh, kick us off in prayer, uh, and then we uh, lean in. God, we thank you that this morning we are here, uh, whether, you know, not just in person, but those of us who are tuning in as well. Uh, we're here uh, to hear your voice. We're here to minister to you, uh, to give glory to you, uh, to sing and celebrate you and all that you, all who you are and what you do in our lives. Uh, and, and Lord, just as you reminded me, even during worship, that even uh, when we, you know, find that one expression is hard, there are other ways that our worship just leaks out to you. And so this morning, uh, as we lean in, uh, may our desire and our hunger for your word and for your teaching uh, uh, leak out of us in all ways and so that our lives be just so filled with you Holy Spirit this morning to overflowing with the abundance you have for us your people in Jesus name we pray amen amen I want to bring your memory bring two scenes to your memory from biblical drama uh, just as a kickoff and the first one is found in Acts 2 if you're ready, you can uh, check out your Bibles, but it's all on the slides. Now, in Acts 2 is this very pivotal scene in how the people of God got together, right? So Acts 2, verses 1 to 6. Let me just read it here. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered 
bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Point out, look at verse 5 and 6. It tells us the people from different languages, right? So you can just imagine the, the representation of just what's diverse uh, in terms of ethnicity and language and background and family uh, 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 origin and all those things. So there, here you have this bunch of people coming together and they experience God even in their midst. A second uh, image that, that uh, came to mind as I, I thought about biblical drama is from Revelation 5. So in Revelation 5 verses 9 to 12 it says, And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy, worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Verse 9 tells us it's all tribes and tongues. And verse 10 reminds us that we are a kingdom and priests, right? And so these two scenes have been just resonating in my mind as I thought about what is it uh, when we gather, when, when people who follow God gather, what we are is we are like a foretaste, right, of what is to come. And not only that, it Whenever we come together, there is something to be said of who God is in the multiplicity, in the diversity of us gathering together. And what is really the gathering of Christians, right? And as some of us may know, it's like starting in the book of Acts, uh, the people who followed Jesus were called the people of the way, right? In 1 Peter 2, verse 9 to 10, it tells us this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Can you see it on the slide there? Okay, read it with me. Verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word called out, you've been called out, you are chosen race. The Greek word there means called out, right? Like Lego, you play with that. It's eklektos, called out. You are people who are called out for a purpose. Called out of darkness into light uh, and called out of being in a place of no mercy to a place of being a people who have received mercy, right? And, and it also says that you may proclaim, the word that proclaim, to, to declare some different versions, to show, to, to declare aloud. So it's not a quiet kind of transformation that we've had to be a people who are called out. And another verse, uh, Hebrews 10. Are you tracking? Hebrews 10, read this with me. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now the word uh, stir up is uh, provoke, to aggravate each other, uh, if I may use that word, to basically like, you know, 
rob and aggravate each other towards love and good works, good deeds. And, and it's to give this picture of stoking the fire, right? And when we come together as a people who are called out, we are demonstrating our called outness. We are demonstrating that we are a distinct people, an alien nation of a bunch of foreigners in exile in this world that are different and yet exist for the purpose of the world. We are to proclaim his good news. We are to, to stir, aggravate each other toward love and good deeds, right? And so this phrase uh, is one that has gripped me since the time when I studied, you know, like Bible and um, a, 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 a church, you know, more and theology. Is this understanding we gather to scatter, right? We are gathered to scatter. And, and what does that look like? You know, we are a people who are not just a people who carry the prophetic vision of God for the world, that is the shalom that is to come. We are also an apostolic people. Why? Because our calling is we are to be sent out ones. And we understand this. And in many ways, during the times in Circuit Breaker, uh, staying at home and just encouraging life groups to stay real intact and, and, and continue to just have intense fellowship and interaction is because of this understanding that we are a missional community. We are called out ones. We are ones to be a light in the darkness wherever we are. But I want to remind us that we are gathering so that we scatter because there is two sides of the same force. And I picture this like, have you, well, I don't know if you have, but my kids definitely have. You know, in the, some playgrounds where you have this merry-go-round that, yeah, and they just love, faster, faster, mommy. And you have to like turn it fast. And then they'll, they'll, uh, my kids just love going as fast as they can. And they'll try and stop, stop with all kinds of parts of their body until, until I get like, mommy, that's dangerous. Don't do that. But so on a merry-go-round, you can picture there is both this, well, OK. Some of you may not like, but I, I like using the words because it helps connect with the part that how God spoke to me about this. Is this understanding of two forces, right? Centripetal and centrifugal. So there is this force that keeps you drawn to the center. <laughs> why, why, why? It's drawn, you, 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 you're, you're going around in circles. So there's this force, centripetal force that keeps you around the center, turning around the center, but there's also an opposing force, centrifugal force, which is like you're almost feeling like you're going to be flung out, right? So there's these two forces working, and that's how God has always reminded me the purpose of our existence is we gather and we scatter. We commune to be commissioned or commissioned right we gather so that we scatter and then we gather and we scatter and that's how we are faithful followers of the way we are fruitful uh, in our everyday lives and this is important for us to grasp but so I pivot a little bit now to how do we understand the cultural narrative that is pervasive around us okay and this has to do with also then how do we engage as church with each other, with the world, in our work, and all sorts of things, right, with our life groups. Show you this. Next one. 
Oh, I forgot. Okay, this quote. Uh, uh, so James Smith wrote this book on imagining the kingdom. Sorry, and, and, and there's this uh, quote that really gripped me, so I'd like to read them to you. Worship is not merely time with a deistic God who winds us up and then sends us out, right? And we don't enter worship for top up and then we leave as self-sufficient autonomous actors. Instead, the biblical vision is we co-abide presence and participation with God and with each other. And so he goes on to say, the spirit meets us where we are as embodied agents of the kingdom of God. So even if there is this uh, outward goal, okay, centrifugal tell us, uh, like an outward goal to our worship, right? but there is a regular central invitation to recenter ourselves in the story of God. And that's what I was talking about, and this is what really got me thinking about what God wanted to tell us today. So I pivot now to this uh, slide that shows you five things that came to my mind as I was just thinking about what is it about gathering? What does it speak to the culture that we're in? Now, we, we, we know that a lot of times nowadays, uh, people are experts about all kinds of things, right? Uh, I, I love, for example, I love plants, but I'm really not an expert. But uh, there are things that maybe if you ask me, I might, be, I might say, oh, I think maybe it needs this, maybe it needs more sun, yada, yada. Uh, but I realize that in our age now, it's easy to kind of know stuff, right? Because we can tune in, watch YouTube, read this article, check out that, that item or whatever it is. So it's easy to take on this sort of like a spectator mode to a lot of things. And that uh, feeds into this disembodied, number four, experience of life. Because now, especially with how we've been living the past year, a lot of things we used to do in person, we have gotten used to doing not in person, virtual. Right? I mean, uh, I, I don't know how they do it, but there are ballet classes, virtual ballet classes, because, uh, you know, Elise signed up for ballet and then they had to take it online. I'm like, how do you teach ballet off, off site? I don't understand. Uh, there are some things maybe you can't, but then there's so many things that we have gotten used to and we've adapted to this experience that is no longer in person, is not the default anymore, right? It has changed so much. And so much of our experience, not only that, with the younger generation, so many things are remote or virtual. Virtual learning, virtual this and that, virtual community. And we're getting used to that. And so it just helps to realize that. And then there's this second one, distractedness. How many of us get easily distracted on a, a, a webinar session? Is it just me? Yeah. Many of us. Uh, it's, you, you know, you lose track or you were trying to multitask or like, you know, there's something in the kitchen that you need to tend to or your kid's calling us. It's just, it's easy to be distracted. And I'm leaning into this because uh, I'm talking about how when we gather uh, this is what we're countering. And also, weakening of family structures. Now, this was a little bit mentioned in like our statement when we talked about why we are resuming in person, is that ideally, ideally all of us are in homes and in households and families where it is conducive for us to grow in Jesus, ideally. But it gets hard 
And even in the best of environments, some of us really struggle, yeah. right? And we really need, like PD said last week, that village together, not just the children, but us as well. And there are times when, you know, of course, life groups, we love our life groups. And then there are times when our life groups need that boost as well, right? When we come together. And so when there are structures that, and people and more and more of us just having weak uh, family structures or, 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 or ecosystem, where do we go but the family of God? Right? And so that's why we say that this counters it when we gather. And then there's yeah, this whole thing about being individualistic. And I understand that because I'm not naturally a team player. Uh, some of us maybe are more attuned to it. But I understand the value because of how I've been taught and, 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 and discipled uh, from my younger time. But individualism is very real. Because most of us are just... Ah, oh, don't trouble you, right? We don't like like PD mentioned, like learn to ask for help. Ah, oh, it's so difficult. I ask for help, then I owe you, then I gotta like help you back. And we kinda have this this thing going on that is just we just self-sufficient is good. You know, I don't catch out you, don't catch out me, right? And so many of us we just and sometimes I need to be reminded, maybe you too, that we do want to get in other people's faces just because. Okay, you don't really need help, but never mind. Can you help me? Okay, just because, because we need to practice that muscle that reminds us we are not alone. And so, I'm I'm leaning into this because now shift to what are some spiritual practices when we gather that speaks to the cultural narrative that we're so used to. Okay, and I highlighted three. Now three. These three are super basic. I didn't put like journaling or other things. These are really basic and these are things we generally do. But for almost a whole year now, we've been doing this mostly at home, apart from each other. Is that right? Worship, personal worship. I hope we've been maintaining that. Scripture reading. Uh, and some of you have said how you know it's been so good in your life groups to be studying the scripture. Colossians especially, and then there's giving. We're just so used to, we just whip out and do our offering uh, uh, in our own homes, right? That's what we've been doing personally. But shift a little bit and what does it look like communally? And I want to suggest that spiritual practices is not just like about... Um, so like giving, for example, it's not about like us uh, putting all our offering together and in, 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 in putting hands together and putting it into the offering bag. It's not about that. It's just being in close proximity and practicing them on our own yet together in close proximity. It actually makes a difference. It's like, uh, I don't know how many of you watched, uh, you know, this little interview thing that uh, Pastor Daniel and I did. But we talked about how, like, just being in each other's presence without words, sometimes that in itself is sharing in God's presence. And that's exactly what happens when we worship. When we worship, when I hear, it doesn't matter how we sound. When we hear the instruments, the drums, it just lifts the spirit up. When we're in this shared space to just know that, hey, I know so-and-so is sitting over here, and so-and-so is sitting and, and probably, you know, raising their hands over there. We worship together. These are spiritual practices we do when we come together. Yep. 
When we read scripture, I ask you guys to read it together, right? Let's check out 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Are you there? Yes? You're very quiet. Can talk, huh? Yeah, can talk. Huh? Don't sing back. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation that all things be done for building up. This pertains to like, you know, the, uh, the ways in which we can worship, right? whether it's sung worship or words or words of encouragement. And then Luke twenty two nineteen 19 reminds us about the communion which you'll be partaking in a the, in the moment, right? The communion is one way, and oftentimes uh, this notion of liturgy, you know, or like this, uh, this uh, regular pattern of a worship service. What do we do? Communion is one of them. And it is a key uh, a moment where as a church, we remember Jesus by partaking it together, right? There is a unity that is forged. And so that's how worship, communal worship, is a practice we do when we gather. And we really, really treasure that even as we come. How about scripture reading? Colossians 3.16 tells, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, well, speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And First Timothy, Paul exhorted him to say, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. I've heard some of the live groups, you guys shared that, like when you did the Colossians Bible study, how impactful it was for you to read the scripture together before you went into like OIA. And I want to say that it is true. It is true when you just spend time just reading just hearing each other's voices and your own reading the scripture. Even when we read scripture together here, it is something of an encouragement. It is something of a stirring, a provoking, an aggravating towards love. And, and we center ourselves in God's story, right? That's exactly what we're doing. And oftentimes we may say, hey, you know, it's things I really enjoy doing on my own sometimes doing it with other people is just not the same i understand but i want to encourage i think it is it is the inertia it is like we're so we're just so used to it we're, we we just need to come together and just do it and as we were worshiping just now god also reminded me of how oftentimes at home perhaps our worship goes you know really deep in a very personal way right or you know god just kind of you know Maybe you have downloads from God that is different from what you receive from worshiping here. But when we worship here, I tell you, there is a power that loses strongholds. There's a power that releases healing that sometimes we don't really go into on our own at home. Right? There is a power and a grace for interceding, like for nations, for sickness, for someone's friend, for someone's daughter, whatever it is. Right? There is just that communal presence and power of God and that's why we practice this when we gather and giving Romans 12 1 the word there that says by the mercies of God present your bodies as a living sacrifice this is not referring to a singular person this is referring to us as the living stones together presenting simultaneously when we come for that one hour or two hours we are presenting our bodies and those of us who are watching online, we're presenting our bodies wherever you are. 
as a living sacrifice to God. Why am I bearing down on this? If we want to grow in, in knowing and pursuing the presence of God, if we want to continue and growing in our discipleship to be stronger and more resilient, and if we want to grow as a community that understands and lives out the mission of God, we need to learn to practice together what it means to pursue God's presence, what it means to disciple and aggravate each other towards love and good deeds, what it means to present not just our time, our offering of money, our energy, our gifts, each other before God in service to each other, not just to God, but through serving each other. We are practicing it. And as we practice, we are being shaped more and more as that foretaste of the kingdom of God right here on earth as it is in heaven. Now think for a little bit as I come, as I try to uh, come to a close soon. Think for a little bit and then you turn around to someone and talk about this. What do you value when we gather? Now, if you're at home, Turn to someone that's watching with you. If you're watching alone, you can text your life group, whatever. What do you value when we gather? Okay, moment up. Turn to somebody and share. What do you value when we gather? Those of you at home do too, huh? You can text in the comment section also or text your life group. What do you value? Okay, recall a time uh, last uh, Sunday when Pastor Daniel mentioned this quote that's up on one of the slides. Not the next one. It says, we need each other, right, to live a Christ-centered life and with eternity in our hearts. We do. And it's, it's true that when we are apart, this is, this is yes, but when we gather, it's also very much a yes. There's a, this, how about uh, this one by Marva Don that also gives, uh, speaks into what I'm trying to say. It takes a communal witness of light, 
truth and peace to overcome the corporate power of darkness, deception, and destruction in this world. And it's so true. Just think about it. Uh, I think there is a glory and a goodness and a grace when we gather. We're all together. Because of just the power of darkness that we're up against, the, the, the cultural narrative that is you know, sometimes diverts or very often diverts us from God's story. We need a communal witness to overcome that corporate power of darkness. And this is real. We're in spiritual battle every day. Some of us, to be honest, some of us are not in a good spot. We are, maybe we're hanging out with our life groups. We're doing well on our own as much as we can. Uh, but we need more strength. Yeah. Uh, discipleship must counter the cultural formation of our times. And we neglect if we think we are doing well enough. I would venture to say no. We need to be more resilient. Yeah. If you hear my heart, uh, I don't know why I'm uh, feeling like God just bringing this down low. I feel like God is speaking to some of you right now, um, what I didn't plan to say. And some of us were struggling with things that we never thought we would struggle with. And um, we pray that as we gather, God would lead us stronger together, just as uh, we heard last week. There is, a, there is a, the abuse or the very obvious uh, places of unhealth that is easier to notice. But what is harder to notice is when areas of our lives are neglected. Or when we are really just tolerating. This is the silent killer of us growing deeper in God. It can go unnoticed. And we really think we're just managing just fine. But as we gather, I want to encourage you to posture yourself to come. We are not returning to a service like a program only. I want to call us to return with a different posture, a deeper posture than before. In fact, if I may, I want to say, let's not come, although it, don't take it wrongly, don't come expecting to experience God the same you used to, but deeper, more real, more honest. And when we, whatever we've been facing at home, or have gotten so used to being apart, now when we gather, let's be real honest, because where there's honesty, there's real intimacy with each other and with God. And God wants us to experience that. And so we don't want to come back and regather just because to have some semblance of a service like before. We are gathering because we believe this is a time when God is strengthening his people for a time that is darker than before and for an unprecedented what's ahead. We don't know. But we know that God is calling us to lean in, to be holy and prayerful and watchful. Isn't that what God's been speaking to us about? 
And so let's not neglect the opportunities for grace to grow us deeper, stronger. Let's not come for church activity, but a deeper posture, right? That we serve God together. And, and so let's just close our eyes because it helps us focus. I want to uh, call us to respond to the Spirit of God this morning. Would you look deep into your heart? And again, like I think those of you that God is just saying something new that, to you that is uh, poking your heart, right? Not in a condemning way, but He is challenging you in your posture towards Him, towards worship, church, your life. What is God saying to you? And this morning when we gather, there is this grace that God wants to give to respond to your place of need. So would you bring that need to Him even now? In what ways perhaps you need to be reminded this morning to not neglect? In what ways can your posture be much more honest before God as you're sitting there? I had intended to ask that we, we pray in our groups this morning. But I'm, what I'm sensing is that I think for many months, if you've not had a place, perhaps in your own home, you have had times of response. You have had times where the Lord ministered to you and spoke to you. But this morning, God wants you in the presence of each other, right here. God is ministering to you. And He is saying, come to me. How have you been holding it in and just trying to be okay? And God wants this morning for you to be ministered to in our midst. Would you just in your own way express it with words or silent, whatever, but find a way to express that longing in your heart for God to minister to you right now. This is a safe place. This is our safe place.